What's happening? Brian Jump, SAI Million Dollar PDR Podcast. Anybody know what this theme is from? Does it sound recent? Could it be a movie that's in theaters right now? No. It's old. Very old. It might be older than me. And that's old. The good, the malo, and the ugly. Little Clint Eastwood. Check it out. The good, the bad, the ugly, man. Good movie. Um, anywho. Uh, I was just trying to figure out the name of the actor who recently died, who uh, who is like his nemesis, Clint Eastwood's nemesis in that movie. He was freaking so good. Um, I want to call his name Puto, but his name is not Puto. Um, anyhow, I don't, it'll come to my mind. This is the benefit of being old. You can't remember shit. CRT, can't remember things. Or CRS, can't remember shit. Um, like my grandfather used to say, I do remember that he would say that, Brian, I suffer from CRS. Yes, you do, Papa. Um, so what's been happening? What's, you're asking me, what's been going on around Dentco? I'm going to tell you. Um, some cool cars. We had a Lotus Evora, if you know what the hell that is. I, we didn't have this car, but this car was around the corner from us. I saw a Koenigsegg, which I'm telling you right now, sometimes these things, when you see them in person, they just they translate so much better. It's like hockey. If you watch hockey on TV, it's like, fuck that sport. You go watch a hockey game, a pro hockey game in an arena, whole different level. I will, I will watch the whole game, especially if I've had some whiskeys. But even without, I'll watch the whole damn game. Love real hockey, like in person. That Koenigsegg, 3.6 million bucks, and holy shit, looked like a freaking little airplane without wings on it. It sounded like, I don't know, like an American V8 or or like an AMG Mercedes. It didn't sound like anything crazy, but he didn't freaking get on it either. Who would? I mean, talk about baller, right? Who's got the balls to drive a $3.6 million, call it $4 million, let's just round up with taxes, $4 million car? He doesn't give a shit. Does not give a shit. The dude's driving it. And I love that guy, and I want to salute him like a corporal in the Army. But uh, I didn't get a chance because he flew by me, and that was it. Hard to believe that my Nissan NV200 could not catch a $4 million Koenigsegg. Someday. If I do enough mods, I get a couple turbos. Yeah, maybe not. Um, all right, what else do we have? Ferrari 348. Yes, very cool car. Kind of Magnum PI-ish if, if I'm not dating myself. I probably am. Nobody knows what the hell that means. 1970 Nova. Yes. How about a 65 Porsche 911? Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to check all those boxes. Thank you very much. Cool cars. Cool cars. So, without further ado, we're going to get right after this. I'm not going to fill you guys with much of fluff. There's no fluffing going on here in this movie. Here we go. This is the Get Dealers episode. Yes. I know what you're thinking. Brian, you're going to give people all this valuable information for free, for gratis? Yeah, I am. I'm nuts. It's a wacky mattress sale here at Denko. Come on in. Mattresses, we're giving two for one. And the one only costs 50 bucks, and it's not even new. So, yes, we've done this before. I've talked about getting dealers. I, I'm going to make you guys a pledge. 
There's going to be something in this episode. And if you know them all, text me and say I knew them all, and I'll give you all your money back times three from the, the podcast episode. Or just for just fodder, text me and say, Mudder, fodder, I knew them all. Guarantee. Guarantee you probably don't. And I'm for those people who have been in this thing 50 years, yeah, or 30 years, it feels like 50, yeah, you probably know most of them. You still probably don't know them all. Okay, maybe, maybe. Why? Because we did dealers full time for just, I'm going to say at least 20 something years. And then we slowly started doing the shift towards the retail. Guys, back in the day, I'm talking pagers. We didn't have cell phones when I first started this shit. We hated retail because you couldn't even talk to people. It's the, the cell phone, imagine if you had pagers. How convenient would PDR be for retail? That's one of the main reasons. It was technology you know, hampered, right? Oh, I got a text. It says blah, blah, blah on my pager. Okay, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Let's just do dealers. Screw screw that. And then we finally got phones. There were those Nextel walkie-talkie bullshit and all that. My phone bill for myself and two of my techs, I think at the peak we have we have four. My sales rep, Danielle, and then my top two other techs, and then myself. It was like twenty five hundred to three grand a month. I think one month we had a cell phone bill like four G's, and I'm like, fuck, I cannot wait to get away from this shit. It's gonna eventually go down, and it did, thank God. But I digress. That's probably one of the main reasons we didn't do when we would get calls and people leave voicemails on our on our number. Hey, I've got a dent. Fuck that. Who wants to go on a wild goose chase for? It's probably gonna be paint. It's probably body work. Blah blah blah. We didn't have any glue pulling. It was a whole different thing. It was a pain in the ass. So dealers were a good thing to have back in the early 90s. They really were. Retail really didn't start to become attractive till A, the invent of cell phones, and then even farther along when people actually knew or have part of the populace knew what PDR meant. What What is this dentless paint repair shit, Brian? Oh, well, you're saying it kind of weird, but I know what you're trying to say, so let's move forward. But it... The public didn't know about it, and we were trying to educate. They, To this day, they're still skeptical, right? I mean, you've come across people that are like, oh, I don't know. I had a guy with a Tesla about maybe six months ago. I'm not going to use that stupid paintless shit. I'm going to paint my. I'm going to a body shop where they do it right. Oh, okay. Well, good luck with that. You know, just it's still per- perception is reality, and some people perceive that PDR is just some freaking snake oil and bullshit. And, and in in the matter, it's not. It's not. So, I don't know. You guys know better than I do. I'm just, you know, a therapist here on, on the mic. But anyway, the dealer episode. Let's get after this. At our peak, I've talked about this, we had 13 techs. Okay? The pros of running uh, a dealer network, a group of dealers, is it's regular work. The thing about retail is you don't know what the fuck's happening tomorrow. All your appointments could cancel and nobody could call. It is possible. It's not probable. But dealers are on the same page as you. They have to sell cars. Otherwise, they drown. So they, they're like, it's a symbiotic, uh, what do they call that? You're like uh, like those little fish that suck off of the of sharks when they're swimming and shit to, to eat little morsels of shit that falls out of their mouth when, when they're doing a kill. You know, That's kind of like what we are with dealers. We swim around and pick up the pieces when they, they sell a car. That's what we do. We're there to help them sell cars. So they want to sell cars. We want them to sell cars. That's how you make money. You help them sell cars. So that's a way different formula than retail. Although some people that 
that you fix their car score on the retail level are selling their car, there's a lot more reasons than that for people to, to come to you for the retail service. So I do like dealers for that reason, for the regular work. There's no stress unless, of course, you lose the dealer and then it's right back to the drawing board. Okay, the cons of a dealer. Underpaid, they will not pay you as much as retail, almost nine times out of nine. Um, and you're going to be underappreciated because they know they can sell cars. Okay, they, they do. And then the pay is slow. It's just typically you're not going to get paid same day. You're not going to get probably paid. I mean, some will, but very rarely. Not same week, maybe not even same month. We have our biggest account that just told us we're paying net 30, <coughs> excuse me, not from the, the billing uh, statement, but from the date of the invoice. Oh, that's great. So if I bill you on January 4th, you will not pay me uh, February 1st you'll, or even February, the middle of February. You'll pay me the end of February. Yeah, more or less, yes. So thanks for that. Oh, and since, by the way, since you're going to pay us slower now, I'm going to charge you more because the money I'm not getting as soon as fast and it's worth less to me. That's what we should do. We won't because this, this account's worth between four and six grand a month, but we should do that to them. And then we should also slap them, but that's another thing. All right. I'll circle back to that. So anyway, I do like dealers for, for the regularity, okay? Like being regular with eating fiber. Um, so let's get right after it. So when you're going after dealers, number one, you want to target the dealers who you want. Just like when you're doing retail, you target the customers, the avatar you want. You know, the people who have the money and the wherewithal and the interest to fix their cars. Does the brand of the cars that you choose matter when you're doing dealers? I'm serious. This is a serious question. Yes, it does. I've done everything from shipbox Kias and buy her pair lots to factory BMW and Mercedes um, lots. And I'll tell you right now, it, the brand, you want brands that sell volume. If, if you're, if you're goal, well, let me circle back. That's what I wanted because I wanted, I wanted money. I wanted to you know, net the, the net that hits my bank account every month was what is important to me. Some people probably like to work on nice cars and want to be around luxury vehicles. If that's you and that's worth money to you, then you're going to love working on Mercedes and Porsche and BMW or even hyper exotic like that Kona Sega or whatever. But that wasn't me. So if you're listening to this podcast and your metric, your North Star metric is profit, then carry on we're gonna we're on the same page so was mine and i say was because we yes we still do some dealers but it's not my goal if the dealers were all to quit tomorrow and, and stop using us i i yeah i'd be sad because of we've had some of these dealers for over 20 years but at the end of the day our our main focus is retail it just is because it's just where the money is and the biggest opportunity so brand does matter you want to go with people who sell volume not who sell luxury. Luxury and volume doesn't work in the same sense. Most Mercedes stores are not going to sell 200 used cars in a month. They might. You might have a few, but there's a much better chance that the high, you know, volume Toyota stores, Ford, so forth and so on, are going to sell volume. Okay. So, brand matters. Does money matter? Yes, money matters. That's why we're going after the brands that sell the most volume, and that's where I was talking about volume. So. Let's go down what I consider the, the hierarchy of the brands that you should target the most, a.k.a. the people who sell the most cars. 
And you're going to see some brands here I don't even pick at all. And you might get, you might be wondering, why didn't he even mention Chevy? I don't, Brian never mentioned General Motors, GMC. What the fuck? Why not? Why didn't Brian, why isn't Brian put, he didn't put Nissan, he drives a Nissan. You would think he'd put that in there. That's just so weird. Why? So here they are. I'm talking about myself in, in third person. That's pretty funny. Um, to me. Toyota, number one. Number one. It's probably the best car overall made in the world. Okay. America, we could make better cars than Toyota. We just choose not to. We're freaking sloppy, lazy Americans. If Americans are foolish enough to keep buying Fords and Chevys and some of our other dog shit we're selling them, why change it? Why make it better? Yeah, Toyotas are infinitely better. And we we taught them how to make cars, Patrick. We taught them how to do management. So, shit. So, Toyota, number one. If you can get a Toyota store, they sell a shit ton. They're good cars, and they're easy to work on. And you're going to get paid because they get paid. So, number one store, if you can get yourself a Toyota store, get it. Number two, I would still say it's Ford, although it's diminishing. Because Ford is getting out of the car market. It's getting into SUVs and trucks, which means they're possibly going to sell less. The reason I liked Ford up until I, I see it changing is Ford finances every fucking buddy. If you walk in with a heartbeat and say, you know, I'm an ex-crack addict, I got a wooden leg, and my dick spits freaking honey. Okay, sir, sign on the dotted line, we'll get you a car. That's pretty much the way Ford works. Okay, now you're not going to walk into, you know, one of their premium cars. You're not going to roll out with a $100,000 Bronco, but they're going to get you into... I don't know, an Escape, or do they still sell the Ranger? I think so. Um, yeah, or they're, where they got that Maverick now, you're guessing that. It's kind of cool, kind of kind of wonky, but but yeah, Ford will, will they write everybody, so they close more. Um, but like I said, I, their share is diminishing by the year. I don't know. If, I, I never thought Ford would go out of business, but whoever's at the helm of that fucking motherfucker, the, how they have not chosen to make better vehicles is beyond me. And, and you know, just... Here's what you do. Go get a brand of Toyota, a Ford, a BMW, and a Lexus. And it doesn't matter what, if what's a car or a truck, whatever. Just pick any model from, from their, their main models. Okay? And when I say Toyota, you can't throw a Scion in there. Um, you know, just a true Toyota. Open and close the doors. Just open and close the doors. Just start with that. The first thing beyond seeing a car, it's your first customer experience with the touch of the vehicle. And you tell me which of those cars opens the doors open and close the best. The sound, the engineering, the quality. Don't even get in the car. Don't drive it. Don't look at the ergonomics. Don't touch a button. Just open and close the goddamn door. And then you realize, holy shit, what the fuck happened to Ford and everybody else in America? It's just so sad. You know, it's it's really wonderful that the Midwest supports America's, you know, like a rock, you know, our, our car manufacturers. But because they don't, our car manufacturers don't deserve the American public. They just don't. We can make so much better and we choose not to. You know, and BMW is not like Kia or Hyundai where they're owned by the country, you know. South Korea owns and helps those businesses with financing and, and parts and, and financials and everything. BMW is not owned by the German government. BMW is an independent company. 
And BMW never looked at American cars like they were competition, ever, because they weren't. They never have been. They looked at Mercedes. And a lot of the numbers point to the fact that BMW is, is number one in luxury segment, volume, and revenue now, I think over Mercedes, which is crazy. I'll never forget when I trained their techs in New Jersey, Newark, the port there. A lot of the guys still had the shirts on that, that are, were really no, not relevant anymore, but it said that on the back it said, Beat Mercedes. I love it. I love that. I had that podcast episode a few weeks back where I talked about Know Your Enemy. And that, by the way, had a lot of, lot of listens. That was a popular one. Hard to believe. I think all six of my listeners listened to that one. Beat Mercedes on the back of their neon green shirts, black lettering. I'm like, fucking hey, these guys know exactly who their enemy is. Didn't say Beat Ford. Didn't say beat. Didn't say beat Cadillac. Nope. Cadillac's not bad. But fuck me. Go put a Cadillac. Go put that in, in line with the BMW and the Lexus. The Cadillac door might compare to the Toyota, opening and closing the door. But then when you get in, and you just give it a few more tests of the ergonomics and just the experience of the vehicle, ah, you're just gonna say, fuck me. What am I thinking? And I talk about this because. We just had a Lexus ES350 come in. I had to do a door change on it. I try, Actually, this thing was crushed, and I tried to PDR the door, and it just didn't come. It was it had a kink in the door. So it was, I mean, they, you hear all about these successful stories. Guys, sometimes they just don't work out. So we, we got a new door shell and flopped it out. It took us so long to get that door to align to close like butter like the other doors did that came from the factory. As it turned out, it wasn't just the door that was messed up. It was the hinges. Yeah, the hinges, the axis, the little pin in the side had a slight little bend in it. And that's all it takes. The door's not going to shut like butter. It'll shut, but you'll hear like a little click-click or something. You know, it just doesn't, doesn't close like it's on ball bearings. And that's how nice those doors are. And it's just, Lexus is a Toyota. You know, it's not like it's a freaking Rolls-Royce or, I mean, God forbid, right? I freaking, uh, I'm, I know, I'm way off, way off base. Anyway, so this is why I say Toyota number one, Ford for now, number two, Honda, number three, volume and quality. They sell a shit ton of cars. People know. Look at the top selling cars, and that, those are the dealers you need to go after, okay? Forget luxury. Who gives a shit? You can go buy a luxury car for your wife, but go service the shit boxes that sell. Toyota, Ford, Honda, number three and four interchangeably, Kia and Hyundai. Probably Hyundai above Kia. I think I think more Hyundai's are sold than Kia. The bad thing about those cars is, is when people buy them, they realize they're shit. The, you know, the styling and the warranties and everything. And they're getting better. Don't get me wrong. I mean, South Korea, I was going to say North Korea. South Korea is pouring bazillions of dollars into the manufacturing. They're coming so hard. They want to come after Toyota. Once again, they're not looking at anything American, which is just so damn sad. Somebody needs to, needs to just step in and save our car, our car mark, our manufacturer. But anyway, maybe Elon, right? Maybe he'll step aside from Tesla. And, I mean, I guess that if you look at it that way, which I just did now, I mean, Tesla is kind of competing at those levels. And, he, and independent. How the fuck does a 100-year-plus company like Ford just be so complacent and fucking lazy compared to Tesla? Tesla rises up, what, 10 years ago, 12 years ago? I think 2011, 2012, right? 10 years compared to 100 years, and they're 
out competing, what does that tell you? Uh, tells me that I don't know how to shut up and get, get onto the podcast matter. I just can't get off of it. Anyway, all right, so you guys you guys know what brands to go after, right? You, what departments now? Let's talk about that. Used cars. Used car department. That's where the volume is. But don't forget, that's where everybody goes. Freaking little dumbass, you know, Willie James, he knows that's where the volume is. So you may not be able to get the used car manager or their business first. Be willing to get to settle for another department to weasel, and I mean weasel like a motherfucker, in to get that other department. That could, and it's like a fort. A dealer is like a fort, and you're attacking it with your friendly love missile. And you get your little love missile in, and maybe you're going to get in through the service drive. Yay. High five. That's the be second best department, typically. Number three would be new cars. You're not going to get a lot of volume, but you're going to get a lot of respect. If your work's good and they know you can fix the new cars, the used cars is a shoo-in, right? So in that order, used cars, service, new cars. If they sell fleets, you could do some fleet work. Or lastly, if they have a body shop. That's pretty much it. Okay, there's exceptions to that rule, but go with that for now. Okay, so used cars number one, service. I've done more gross dollars in some dealers in the service drive than I have in the used car department. It just depends on all the, the variables and the maps. Okay, so now we've talked about the brands, we've talked about the departments. Let's talk about numbers, frontline units. When you're scouting out a dealer that you want to pick for you, they're not going to pick you, you're going to pick them. How many frontline units are important? How many cars do you, do you need to service to make it worthwhile for your time to be there? I'm glad you asked. Okay, count the total number of units, and this is some rough math, but it usually plays out, okay? Count the total number of units on the frontline, guys. Then take 50 to 60% of that. That's what a good dealer normally sells monthly. Okay, so if they have 100 cars, they're gonna have 50 or 60 that are gonna get, get sold um, on a monthly basis and then take about half of that and that's what you should expect to recon and I'm being conservative a lot of our dealers will do 80 or 90 percent but some don't so let's be conservative let's just say it's half so 100 car used car inventory sells 50 you're gonna recon 25 divide that by four what's four into 25 it's about six cars a week okay six cars a week is worthwhile okay so what if they had 30 cars on the front line and 15 are sold a month, eight are reconned, you're getting two cars per week. Is that worth your time? Probably not. 30 car lot, unless you live in a small town and you're not trying to make a lot of money, that's a fucking waste of time. Don't even waste your time. What's the minimum? I would say at least probably 60 car lot. Okay, double that. So that way you're hopefully getting four cars a week on average. Some, some weeks might be six, some weeks might be three, okay? But on average, all right? So next step, once you've figured out the lot you're gonna go target and try to close, okay, and earn their business, the next thing is, is look at the lot. I usually start walking to the lot as I'm looking to go talk to the used car manager or recon manager or whoever, you know, service manager, whoever handles the recon for the used cars because that's my primary target. And as I'm looking for the person, I know a salesman's gonna hit me up, so I just start walking the line real quick and I'm just looking at the cars. I wanna find out what the condition of the cars is. Is the, is the lot super clean? Is it squeaky clean? You know? <coughs> Excuse me. It might be hard to get that account. If you can't find a dent and they're all used cars, 
Somebody's kicking ass. Okay. What if the lot's hammered? I don't know. You have a little bit better odds than a squeaky clean account, but it's still going to be tough because if the lots, I used, to, I've been on a couple lots where it wasn't just PDR, it was body damage, like bumpers and, and auto bodies, like scraped up fenders and shit. And you're like, how the fuck are these cars on the, there's some lots I knew that would never allow that to go to the front line. And the, these people put these cars on the front line. It's like, what the F what's going on? So hammer's not good and squeaky clean's not good. You want to see something kind of in the middle, okay? And I like a lot that the tech has been there, and he's a little bit complacent. That's the kind of lot I like. So come Thursdays and Fridays, typically there'll be a few cars with dents, and they're going to roll into the weekend, and where people do, dealers sometimes sell a lot of cars in the weekend, you know, but they're going to have dents, and that's not a good thing. So that's an opportunity. So I, I love to find, find a cherry-picking motherfucker. And then you go in there on a Friday, and then you try to, hey, you know, I, I noticed that black F-150 out there. It's got some dents in it. Let me just do it as a demo. That way, if you guys get some customers, you get some ups, as they like to call them, the salesmen. You get some ups on the lot over the weekend, those dents aren't going to slow them down. There's no excuses. Oh, hey, I like you, man. You like, I like what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Done. All right, now I'm into that guy's ass. Okay, so visits. Next thing. How many visits do you have to do to get an account, typically? For me, it's about five to seven visits, guys. That's a lot. That's why when you're going after a shitty account, you're wasting fucking time. If I'm gonna put five to seven stop-ins, I damn well better be going after a fish. It's worth me freaking hooking, right? And when I do those stop-ins, I go when I, the first time I found the right, the, the contact person, I go usually on a weekly basis. That's the frequency, not more. I'm not gonna be some bothering dumbass. And I just make a reason to go in, just pop in, and they know what I'm trying to do. It's no secret. I'm not trying to subterfuge. Oh, I'm in here to talk about the weather or the wonderful concert that happened down there. You know, what about those basketball team down there or basketball? No, just go in and just kind of shoot this shit a little bit and talk about the business. They're a lot. Okay, what they want to talk about. All right. So five to seven visits. Okay, get to know everyone, by the way. Get to know all the managers, the GSM. If you the GM's around, get to know them. The service manager, get to know the lot man, the lot porter, any assistants, and they'll they'll you befriend them. You you're they're gonna tell you shit. Oh, you know the other dude was here the other day, and he fucked up a car, or he drilled a hole or something. You'd be surprised what if you treat people good. Everybody, I don't care if it's the fucking lot washer, the guy walking around the greasy ass beat up Mazda B two thousand. And he's washing cars out front. Hey, how's it going, man? Everything good? You look good, man. You lost some weight? Yeah, yeah, I lost some weight. Dude, the other guy, let me tell you all about him. You know? Whatever. They'll, they'll, you'll get a lot of inside info. Just treat, it's business is people, guys. It's not, it's not about cars. It's about people. Don't forget. Okay, so you're going to get to know everybody. You're going to get to know all the managers and the staff. Just, hey, what's going on? And just keep popping in. You don't, it's not even your account and you're in there, right? Because you want it. And you're hungry so in California it's about 40 dealer visits for me to close one account okay so I can go hit up usually in a day 20 to 30 okay so in two days of me busting ass I'll probably come up with an account I'll tell you right now the the secret to eat the easiest if you guys want to know the simplest way of getting an account and I don't know how you can automate this maybe you do but when you find that the dealer manager the used car manager has been blown out 
that's when opportunity is there. Most other techs don't aren't hungry enough. They're too busy to keep coming in and trying to find that guy. You got to be the first person to that guy, and usually he's the one that's going to make the decision on who he's going to use. The crazy thing is they hardly ever bring their other techs from the other business, the other dealers that they serviced with them. So the dealer they left might be an opportunity, and the dealer they're going into. So whenever there's management shifts, you might be able to not just bag one, but two dealers. So that's the best way. And there is some tricks on finding out who's moving when and where. No, I'm not going to put that on this podcast because that's what I say for my estudiantes. But I'm giving you guys everything else. I mean, this is, you're already learning all kinds of shit in here that a lot of people don't know. All right. So find out management moves and changes. Hear the, hear the chatter. You'd be surprised. Talk to the recontext. They'll be hearing, hey, somebody just got blown out over here or blown out over there. Talk to the interior guy. Talk to the bumper guy. Talk to the de- detail. Everybody. People are going to know. There's a lot of chatter. Oh, yeah. I hear they just fired the blah, blah, blah. Okay. Hey, thanks a lot. By the way, I got to get the fuck out of here and go over there right now. Okay, so moving on. Some tidbits. Some bits of tid. Does pricing matter? Not really. Price within the norm, up or down, you'll be fine. Don't go outside of the range of norm and don't go below. Don't go above or below. Stay in the normal range. If somebody's going to blow you out for five bucks, it's not worth keeping them. Does quality matter? This is a tough one. Because I would like to believe that quality matters. I would like to also believe in fairies and the Easter bunny. But sometimes it doesn't, or doesn't that much. It just depends on the situation. Let me explain. Let me explain to you, Lucy. Number one, service drive. Quality fucking matters. Uh, New car uh, delivery. Quality fucking matters. Sold unit and the used car and the customer seen the dent. Quality fucking matters. QFM. Okay. The lot. The lot itself. Does quality matter? It just needs to be decent. Okay. I'm not saying that's the way I operate. No. I make it so people can't find my dance. I don't want somebody seeing my work. Back in the day, sometimes way back in the day, I didn't have the skills to do that for the first three or four months. So I did the best I could, and I used touch-up and all kinds of shenanigans. But, but you can sometimes get beat by somebody who's not as good as you. So just keep in mind that there's more important things than quality, and it has to do with people. I'm just saying. Okay. Does your attitude matter? 1,000%. Attitude is 10 times more important than your quality. If you're humble and willing to do whatever it takes, get there on the evenings and the weekends and jump through hoops, yes. And if you think of yourself as a whore and you're not willing to do it, well, then step aside because I am. And there's other people that are too. Okay. Attitude is gratitude. And be grateful to get the opportunity. Here's the, here's the, the dirty little story about dealers. They don't need us. Don't tell them this. But it's 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 it, before PDR they were selling cars. After PDR they'll still be selling cars. The only time they really need us kids is when they sell a unit, when they sell a unit or they fuck one up. That's when they need us. When they really need us, they the front line. They're gonna sell that car with the dents and that Camry with or without us. It might not sell as fast and it may not sell for as much money, but they're gonna sell it. That's reality and. Reality hurts sometimes, but that's just the way it is. And I think they know it too. So sometimes they're kind of douches. Okay. But there's going to come a time when you did those last two, three months and they've got a sold unit and they need you there in two hours because customers coming back and they've seen the dent and you need to glass it out. Guess what? You just earned your keep for the next year. 
you know, or the, the GM's daughter has a dent in it and you're going to go take care of it. Ah, no charge. Don't worry about it. Oh, thanks so much, young man. Done deal. Okay. That's, that's how the dealer games play. It's, it's crazy. It doesn't always match up. doesn't make sense, but that, that's the deal. So attitude. Yes. Huge. Way more important than quality. I'm sorry to say. People buy from people they relate to. You need to look and act like the culture of that store. Hopefully it's not a bunch of freaking weird trapeze artists. We have a, a dealer, uh, it's a Lexus dealer, and everybody there wears black and tan. After the first visit, guess what I wore when I would come back? Black polo, freaking tan khaki shorts. Always. I looked like I fucking worked there. And I was part of their culture. I got brought in like in a week or two later I was in there. It was crazy. I got the service drive, and then we started sharing the, the used car lot. It, that was an easy one. Nice color combo. It looks great, right? It really does. I like that color combo. Okay. So, let's see. We already talked about dealers, why they don't need us, but they only need us when they need us, need us like whores. All right, let's get to the trick section. Okay, these are the tricks. I mean, all this shit I just talked to was kind of like tricks, but these are like tricky tricks. Except for that one that I didn't want to share. I'm so sorry. Um, these are things I've done to beat out other people where they weren't willing to go the extra mile. And I'm talking like extra 10 miles. Okay, 5X. I once bought a lead gen website for Honda, used Hondas. I think I spent 350 bucks. And this thing was pumping out maybe three to five leads a week for people that were looking for used Hondas in South Orange County. And at first I, I bought the website. I thought, oh, I'm going to sell these. This would be a good, good business. Then I realized, you know what? I have a Honda dealer. Why don't I just give these leads to the managers and show them, say, hey, this is what I'm doing. And I'm as long as I got your business, I'm glad to give you guys leads. Hopefully you can sell some. You imagine how much freaking attaboys. And I mean, dude, they bought me a freaking bottle of wine. The freaking GM thinks I'm the shit. And we... Never lost that account. It was crazy. Okay, so I'm giving them the dealers. What matters to them is selling cars. Okay, selling parts, selling service, selling. If you can help them sell and demonstrate it, you're in. You're in that co company culture so much that nobody's going to blow your ass out. I don't care if a dude comes in and he's half your price. Yeah, we'd like to use you, but fucking Toby over here, he's helping us sell cars. Can you help us sell cars? You want to come in on the weekends? Oh, oh no. Okay, all right. Fuck off. So, yeah, lead gen website for, I mean, I'm talking extreme, I know. Most of you guys aren't going to do this, but I'm telling you, if you really, if there's a dealer out there that you know is worth six or eight, ten grand a month, and you can help them get, get leads, I'm just telling you, if you want something new, a different way, okay, the more you can get to the white hot point, you know, of them getting sales, the more value you bring, okay? Other than that, here's a few other ones. Throw in extra services for free. How about touch-up? How long does fucking touch-up take? Not long. How about interior repair? Just basic interior repair, like a little little dye, a little seat dye or cigarette burn. Fuck. I know guys that are charging for it, but it, it shit's so simple. Okay, how about plastic carpet sheeting? The plastic freaking where they pull the mats out and put that shit, that little plastic sheeting on the floors. What People are charging 10 or 15 bucks. Those things cost like a dollar or two. You don't think it's worth it to throw it in if you want it? Buyer's guides is something we used to do back in the day. Okay, dent warranties. This is one that I fucked up for a really big account. I was able to snake this one. <clears throat> we printed up a dent warranty, gave it to F and I. 
finance and insurance department and said, look, normally we would sell these things for $150 to $200 a pop. You guys can sell them for your normal 600 to a grand each or package it, whatever you want to do. I ain't going to charge you a red cent. But as long as I'm here, okay, I will do the dents. I'll fulfill the warranty. But they got to be done on my service day at your store. That's the key. And the key is I'm only going to fulfill those warranties while I'm here. You guys, you guys blow me out. The warranties, you find somebody else to, to do the warranties. I ain't doing it. Dude, they ate that shit up. Ate that shit up because it's a profit center. These guys were charging $600 a warranty, selling about 35 to 40% of every car that came through that was turned, either lease or sale. Strong profit. Strong profit. Once again, you're helping them sell. You're helping them make money. It's not just recon. It's well more than that. It's about value. And you can put caveats in there. Hey, you know what? I need to get paid. I need to service at least five cars a week. If for some reason the five cars aren't here, you guys will take care of me. AKA, you'll be paid for five cars that week. Who cares? They don't give a shit. These big dealers don't give a rat's ass. Okay. So, rebates. Here's another one. We closed a six-car dealer group. I'm not going to say the name because I don't know how above board this shit is. But... They said they were the owners, but I think it was the managers. Um, I want you guys to bill us X amount of dollars and then rebate us back X amount of dollars. Okay, so we charge you 90 but we get paid 60 Yes. Okay, sure. Six dealers? Yeah, you get all six dealers. Done. So that's what it was. We billed them for 90 We got paid 60 I don't know where that other $30 went. Didn't care. Didn't ask. That shit went on until that dealer group was sold. And then all of a sudden, we're done. Just saying. Unique opportunities, right? Last one. Hot girl sales rep. And when I say hot, I don't mean 10. Do I mean 9? No. 8? No. 7? Yes. 6.5 to 7 is what you're looking for. You're looking for a girl who makes a guy feel good, but she's not so fucking red hot sexy that they don't listen to a word that she says and they want to bag her. If you get a girl that's conversational, makes a, gr- a guy or the or a girl feel great, the manager, entertaining, that's going to help open doors and you're going to close more accounts. So, hawker sales rep is, is pretty much as good as just about any of those other things I talked about, all those different tricks. And let's see, there's one, two, three, four, five, six. Six tricks. And out of those six, I'm willing to bet that most people listen to this podcast, there are at least one or two in there they didn't know. And that's just because I've been doing this shit so damn long. Maybe you guys know them all. Maybe you do, and that's great. But I'm telling you right now, you you and I know that that shit works. And it's way more powerful than just walking to a dealer with your dick in your hands trying to get an account. Okay, this is This shit's firepower. It is fire. All right, last thing, guys. What is my opinion? What do I feel uh, about the package recon bullshit and my thoughts? I hate it. I fucking hate it. I've done it. I've ran packaged recon and dealer or detail uh, packages, I guess you'd say, for dealers back in the day. The dealer will always steal from you, from you number one. Okay, So you're always at a disadvantage. And that I don't like to be put into a situation where I'm at a disadvantage. The dealer will fuck you. Okay, they will also manipulate you. They will overwork you. They will stress you. 
And overall, dealer detailing absolutely freaking sucks. It's gross. It's too many hours. The cars are jacked up. And you're going to be enticed potentially by the big money. Okay, think of three to $600 a car in inventory. And then, I don't know, thirty dollars to $60,000 a month net. Or a big store might be hundred grand a month. Does that sound enticing? Yeah, it does. Until you see what you got to do for that shit. It's like it's striking a deal with the devil. It truly is. It's not worth it. I don't care if it's hundred grand a month. It's still not worth it. Don't do package recon. It sucks. The system's flawed. You're, you're motivated to cheat in it, and so are they. And anytime a system is put in play where everybody is motivated to fuck each other over is a bad system. It just is. We did a few uh, AutoNation stores and close to 100 grand a month. And I was their bitch. And I did it for the longest one I did it for was three months. And then I just said, huh, this kind of sucks. And I stopped. And that was it. That was it. I was done. I tapped out. I said, just like I did in. If that, uh, the Fullerton, where I told you guys I had the body shop, was it, no, it was an episode or two ago, and I was doing 100 grand a month with a body shop and this and that and the other, and we were painting car kits for a couple Dodge stores and stuff, like for neon SRTs and their SRT4s and the, the Super B truck, whatever the F it was, with the side skirts. Oh my God, so much pain in the ass. The headache factor was just off the charts, man. I'm, I'm sure, I mean, oh God, the stress. It's not worth it. It's not worth it at all. So anyway, there it is, guys. This is the dealer episode 2023 version. I hope it serves you well. It has served me well. We've gotten a lot of dealers off that, those those tips and tricks. I hope they help you guys out. If you guys have any questions, please feel free to hit me up, 949-302-3464. Always here to help you guys out. I appreciate it. I love you guys, man. I, I appreciate the, uh, the ears. Please reciprocate. All I ask in, in return is to is to make a post on your, if you have a social, uh, Facebook or, or Instagram. Jared did it for me. Thank you, Jared. Anybody else, just, just make mention, hey, check out this podcast. Like I said, the more listeners we get, the more power I have to get more interviews. And it's just going to be a better program for all you guys. So thank you so much for everything you do. Have a good one. Love you all. And I'll catch you on the next SAI Million Dollar PDR Podcast. Bye-bye for now.